1: You're listening to Peak to Pit, Alley Peak, TJ Pittinger, talking college football and whatever else we feel like talking to you on this uh, glorious Tuesday night. TJ, how's your week going so far?
0: Um, not bad. Um, we went to Tallahassee this weekend. We went to a game. We took the kids to a basketball game on um, Saturday afternoon, evening. That was a lot of fun. Um, I was a little sick yesterday and then this morning, but feeling better now. And always better on talking to you so here we are how about there you guys you go
1: uh we Hold actually on. went up so to Gainesville mean. this past weekend um florida has a uh really really good women's gymnastics team and i have two little girls that are obsessed with gymnastics so we um we went up they were uh they had a, a meet against alabama and or excuse me against georgia excuse me and uh we so we went up early this was kind of neat we um eric set up a tour of the gymnastics training facility for us so um they the girls got to go in and see where the gators practice um we took them into the locker room they thought that was really cool to see like their leos laid out for the meet um then we went into the o'connell center they got to see like The prep that goes into getting the arena ready for a meet, you know, kind of switched over from basketball to gymnastics. Um, And then from there, we actually went to Swamp for lunch, which I had not been to the new Swamp since the old one was torn down and turned into apartment complexes. Kind of hurt my heart to see that on the bottom floor of the um, giant, massive, apartment complex or condo, whatever it is that they put where swamp was and cantina and all that stuff, TJ, there's a five below on the far, the bottom level. Like, how do you demolish the college bars of, of my day and replace them with a five below it? Uh, yeah it hurt, but the new restaurant is really cool. It is, um, they use the same floor plan as the old swamp. And if you hadn't been to the swamp restaurant in Gainesville, it was in an old house, um, just across the street from campus. And so they had made it into this restaurant and bar, um, which was kind of really cool. So that the new location, it's a new build, but they use the floor plan of the same the old house. And so it's kind of trippy to go in. Cause you're like, Wow, this is so weird. Like, I know I'm not where Swamp was, but like, I am. This is, I don't know. It was interesting. My children had a great time. The menu has so many of my old favorites on it, which that was kind of cool to see. Um, we had some other shots on the menu. They, oh, they, shots. Yes, they definitely have shots on the menu. We did not take shots at lunch, but I did try some of their very tasty mixed drinks. Um, and then from there we went over and got a tour of the new football facility, which I had actually not been inside yet. Um, and you know, Eric called ahead to say that we were coming. They, they, you know, really went above and beyond. They saved like two front row parking spots for us and my sister, which was kind of cool because then we had that parking for gymnastics and stuff. And they just spent like an hour and a half going through all of the details. I learned so much about it that I didn't know. I mean, I already knew it was really cool and really impressive, but seeing it in person and hearing kind of the work that went into it and seeing that it's really like an ongoing project. Like, right. Like they were unloading stuff this past week for, um, this like arcade area that's set up for all UF athletes. But like they had these giant basketball games that were brought in that like are all wrapped in Gator stuff. And like, that was just being, just being installed this, this same week. So they're continuing to, um improve it as they go which which is really cool. It's just it is such an impressive facility. It is really, really well done. There's so much thought into like every detail that happened, which is kind of cool. Um, they have um, this is one of my favorite features, but they have a wall that has a helmet from every single era since the University of Florida started playing football in, in 19 or 180 1906, 1906. Um, so You know, they may have a 10-year span where it's exactly the same. So then the next, so they have a helmet representing that. But then at the next decade it changed, you know, they would have the different helmet. And there was probably maybe like 40 helmets on the wall. And that included any time that they would play with like um, a special uniform or something like that. But I didn't realize, I went to find the years where my grandfather played. My grandfather played the very first year that they didn't have leather helmets. And I, I mean, we used to joke like, oh, yeah, they wear le- leather helmets back then, blah, blah, blah. But like I did not realize that he literally th- his freshman year was the very first year that they played without leather helmets, which was such a, you know, kind of a cool thing, you know, to see. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, each of the um, position rooms are named after uh, donors, but uh, most of them are former players. So like to see the names of some people that played with my grandfather, that played with my dad, like it. Um, it was really cool and you know they've got an all-american wall up there and all ICC wall up there so we got to see eric's name a couple times the kids thought that was really cool um so overall very fun and then the gymnastics meet was great trinity thomas uh pulled out a 10 which was super super cool um for the kids to see they love you know they love her and anytime that you see a gymnast get a 10 it's a pretty special moment and uf1 so all in all
0: I lost you. I lost you there at the end. You and me. me. But I think you're good now. Oh,
1: weird. Okay. All right. Well, I just said all in all, great day.
0: Cool. I'm with it. Well, give some love to Brunt Insurance and the team over there uh, before we get started. um, After a couple of good weekends in Gainesville and Tallahassee, we'll give some love to Greg and the team. If you are looking for car insurance, home insurance, motorcycle, boat, RV, anything that's got wheels, Call Greg and the team at 954-589-2204. Appreciate them for their support. Again, both my cars and my home insured by Brunt Insurance. So give them a call today. Even if you're not looking for insurance, they will get you taken care of and they can save you some money. You can go to bruntinsurance.com or you can call Greg and his team. They'll talk some college football with you and then they'll save you some money on insurance. If they can't save you money, they'll just tell you to keep what you've got. So give them a call. See if they can save you some money. Appreciate their support. All right, we're going to grade each other's teams here. And this is a good way. I feel like we'll do – we missed last week, so we'll do kind of a mini-show on this, and then we'll come out with something on Thursday night where we look ahead to expectations for 2023. But I want to grade different aspects of both of our teams. I think this will be fun. I think we'll agree on everything, and so that'll be really fun too. Oh, I'm Um, sure that'll happen. Grade different aspects of what went on this year – Let's do coaching, offense, defense, special teams. Um, let's do recruiting. Let's do um, something like biggest surprise, biggest disappointment. That can, you know, those two can be a player, a moment. Um, however, you want to, you know, however you want to label that is fine. And then we'll get out of here. We won't stay super long, but we'll grade some stuff. We'll go through each one, and then we'll go home. Uh, you want to start with Florida State first? You want to start with Florida first?
1: Sure. Let's start with Florida State first.
0: All right, so I'll let you start then, and let's just go down the line. Uh, let's start with coaching. I'll let you start okay. on all these, and then I'm going to start when we do uh, Florida. But okay, how would you grade the job that Mike Norvell uh, did this
1: year? So I, I – you know, I, I get it when it's going to come out of my mouth, but I would give Mike Norvell an A for this season. Um, I will give a little bit of context in the way that I my grading is going to work during this. Um, I am grading based on what I thought that Florida State was capable of at the beginning of the season and where Florida State ended. So when I say an A, am I saying that like this team, I think, could have hung with Georgia or something like that? No, but I am saying that where Florida State is currently With the current group of players that they have, this is where I see this shaking out. I or or how it shook out. This is how I would grade. I would give Norvell and his coaching staff an A. I think that they overachieved from what I thought that they were going to do going into this season. I think that they overachieved based on the talent that's on their roster, and I think they overachieved based on their schedule. that at the beginning of the year so uh, you know taking those things into consideration I think that Mike Norvell did a hell of a job this season and I think that uh you know I think Florida State fans should be happy with what with the, the the season but the direction that the program is going in more more so than just the outcome of the season
0: yeah I I think I'd agree I'd give it an a um I think if they would have and I don't even really blame this game on him but if they'd have found a way to win that NC State game and they would have won mm-hmm. 10 regular season, gone to a New mm-hmm. Year's 6th bowl, and then had a chance at 11, I'd probably bump that up to an A+. Plus. Um, okay. But, yeah, I think an A is fair. Like, if they'd have found a way to get one more win and have 10 regular season and then 11th, I mm-hmm. mean, they're they're over-under. We've talked about this a million times. was six and a half. And so right. to bump that, you know, to go from six and a half to 11,
1: right? You know, and, four it's and, huge. and half,
0: five better. I'd probably be an a plus but yeah i mean i don't think it'd be hard to say that he did much worse than an a um so yeah i agree there i think you're really fair um florida state had an offense that graded out really really well so how would you grade that
1: uh i would also give florida state um an a on offense i think that jordan travis really had i i mean he's fsu's mvp right so if that's an award that we're giving I also, that would go to Jordan Travis for me, but uh, their offense overachieved in my opinion, when I watched Jordan Travis last year versus watching him this year, I think that there is massive growth. So um, that, you know, is a kudos to the coaching staff as and obviously him as a player as well. But Florida State has some weapons. They have some wide receivers that really showed up. Their offensive line, I think is something that we questioned at the beginning <laughs> of the season that really did a pretty decent job all year long. Um, They consistently scored points. They had answers. Um, They made halftime adjustments. So, you know, Florida, it's hard to give Florida State anything other than an A offensively.
0: Yeah, I could really nitpick and try and get really, really, you know, minute and talking about how their offense wasn't good against, you know, Wake Forest in the first half. And they weren't very good against NC State in the second half. But really outside of those two halves, their offense was really, really good. Even against yeah. Clemson and LSU and um, everyone else they played, you know, Florida, Miami, everyone, every, literally everyone. So, I mean, you know, they, they had two bad halves. That's really hard to nitpick on. And, right. you know, if, if it was like four bad halves or full games, maybe I'd drop to an A-. minus. But, yeah, I mean, I'm on the fence here between an A and an A+. You know, I'll, I'll stick with A just to not be so homerish. But I think that's fair. I think an A is really fair for their offense. I mean, they graded out top 10 not only in advanced analytics but also just in yards per play and, you know, kind of your basic stats. So I think A is really, really fair there. Um, this will be an interesting one because I do have some issues um i think they were yeah i'll let you go first how about defense okay
1: so i would give florida state a b minus on defense okay i do think that florida state's defense is much improved from last year to this year i think that we uh saw them come up with stops when when they needed to at a couple different pivotal times this year against florida against lsu they i mean they really did uh Job done most of the time when they needed to, but I also feel like they needlessly put Florida state in positions to have to send their offense back out to score more points multiple times as well. Um, so I, I don't think big a jump as the offense took.
0: Yeah, I was probably somewhere around this. In fact, I was probably going to be a little more critical and go like C plus, but I might just agree with you and go B minus, but I'm between a C plus and a B minus, um, uh, Florida State's defense was really good against bad teams. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't so good against teams that had a pulse and had a good offense. Right. And so right. um, they were hard to judge in that aspect. Yeah. They, they did look really good against LSU, but also that was their first game, you know? And so, right. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, Florida State, again, Florida State's defense, if, if Florida State would have come out, and in that game against Florida, like really held Florida down to where, you know, you guys only scored like 24 points or something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of those touchdowns early were like busted coverages and stuff. So, like, you know, at least, you, you know, but like then Florida showed the ability to be able to absolutely nickel and dime Florida State down the field too. And so, if Florida State would have come out and had a good, good defensive performance against Florida, I'd probably yeah. have this up closer to B. because then I think we'd have really said, like, hey, they really just took that defense like a half and. To, but yeah, C plus, B minus, somewhere in that range. I thought that, you know, last year I'd have given him a, a C minus. So I think that's, de- yeah, you're right. Like it's definitely improvement. It just certainly wasn't the lead to the offense.
1: Well, and me. Florida State was this like enigma like your offense was going to always keep you in games. Your defense. Seven out of 10 times kept the other team in games too. And so it's just it, but they came up with k- pivotal spots, stops when they needed to, but it was almost like we made it a little bit more stressful than necessary. Sorry, guys. Um, multiple times this season.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, um, yeah, they were frustrating at times. All right, special teams. It's going to be a tough one, but okay. i got some thoughts on
1: this one. So- You know, I'm looking at your special team stats right now before I, you know, give this answer and I'm looking, okay, so kicking. So like 57 of 58 extra points, like that's pretty close to perfect. That's 98%. Like that's pretty darn good. The field goals are such an enigma though, because so between 20 and 29 yards, which you know, you expect to be perfect unless there's a bad hold or something like that. Five of six on the season, but then you go to 30 to 39 yards, which If you're a college kicker, you should pretty much be money in that window, too. And it's three of six. So that's, you know, a pretty shaky. But then you go from 40 to 49 yards where that's where your good but not great kickers start to miss. But you're good for four or five of those. So that's such like a hard thing. And then there was nobody, no, there was no field goals made past 50 yards uh, the long of the season was 47 but it's just such a weird thing to me that there's that midline uh, and he was 39 yards he, where
0: it's yeah catchy. and I, I can answer some of that if it helps your grading he yeah, was really was. bad in the beginning of the year he was he yeah. was and then through the second half of the year he got a lot better and so they just weren't kicking field goals right like that's just not a big number that you just kind of listed off there if you go look at right. that compared to other teams they essentially just stopped kicking field goals with him and right. then he made a big one against NC state that might've been that long, that 47 yard range right. you're talking about. And right. they started to go back to him. He started making them again. He started, you yeah. know, so yeah. that's really why is because all those mid-level ones were just ones that he missed in the beginning of the year. And then second half, um, it was, uh, it was a lot better. So, right. You know, so well, he was, he was very hot and cold. Like if you were just grading him, I mean, he, he's the definition of a C. Like, he just totally, like, was – he was either really bad or really good through the year. Right.
1: I'm looking at uh, – I'm moving on to to punting, and, you know, this is my – punting's <laughs> my bag right here, right? So I'm looking at this, and, you know, the um, – your average uh, net yards is 37.9, which is pretty good. Like, any uh, – honestly, uh, you could, if you had 40-yard net, that is – pretty solid like I would say this is average to above average uh hunting you know in in here but uh, you know I think looking at your returns here uh you know a return yard average of 23.4 is pretty darn good um Yards are, I guess, kickoff returns is twenty three point four. Punt returns is eleven point three. Those are, those are decent. I'm going to say overall, I'm going to give you all a B minus on special teams. I would teeter between a B minus and a C looking uh, at all of these stats. It's, it's a little bit better than average. If you're going to be a championship team, special teams is going to have to be an area of improvement.
0: Yeah, so I'd probably go slightly higher, but I think you might be missing a couple of things. Um, they won the LSU game. After a, because of a blocked field goal and a blocked point, after yeah. a touchdown. Yeah, so I think those are special plays. Um, there was one other block through the year that I think helped. Um, which
1: blocks are not on kick. this stuff sheet that right. I'm looking at, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Urban so that, Meyer used to say, block a punt, win the game. Like that is yeah. the statistics on winning if you block a game are something they're astronomical. It's like 75% but, of the time you're gonna win if you block a kick. So that is, I mean, that's definitely a, yeah. a piece to the puzzle.
0: And Master Mono, um, was was good this year, like you said. I think that um you know punting was good. Field goal kicking was really what drug you down, but the kick right. return game was really, really good with, with Benson. Micah Pittman was really good with punt returning. Last year, I don't remember the exact stat, but somebody totaled up all of the hidden yardage mm-hmm. from guys just not catching punts. Not like muffing punts, just you know, letting it drop and bounce 15, 20 yards the other way. And it was like an yeah. astronomical yeah. number. That just didn't happen this year. And I know that's a right. really low bar to set, but for Florida State fans, like coming off what they came off last year, like Pittman went back there. He never muffed a punt. Knock on wood because I don't want him to do it this year either. But he never muffed a punt. He also just went up and caught them when they had to be caught. And you, you didn't lose that yardage. So I thought that was yeah. really good. I thought our return game was good. Punting was above average. It wasn't like great by any means, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, and then I think what they were able to do in the block game, you know, it literally won them the LSU game by blocking not only a, the point after touchdown that would have sent it to overtime, but also a field goal earlier. Right. That ended up being the difference as well. I'd say like a B, B plus would, yeah. would be where I live in there. Um, yeah. cause I do think they were, I, I think they were good. I think they were, yeah, you know, could been better, but I, I like a B plus there. If the kicking game had been slightly better, I might go a minus there. Yeah. He kind of, yeah. is kind of what drug it down. Um, Okay, here's one. This counts for the whole cycle. Um, but recruiting. Um, you know, I, all right, I feel like this should just be high school recruiting, and then we can add transfer portal. Okay. Um, because I, I think it's too convoluted if you do both at the same time. But recruiting. Yeah. With um, a 20th ranked high school recruiting class.
1: Um, I'm going to give Norvell a C on that, and I'll and I w- but I want to give some context to it too. Um, I think that, that it should get easier for no- Norvell to recruit with a 10-win season. However, I think that in the state that we're in, it's just so talent-rich. You're Florida State. You have a brand that people recognize. You got to do better than 20th um if you want to build something special for the long term so i'm really interested what happens this next cycle because i think this next cycle is where you really see if if that 10 win season can be built upon recruiting wise i kind of think that like with the early signing in december and kids committing so early and stuff i don't know how much that 10-win season could impact the 2023 signing class, really, or I guess, well, whatever, the kids that sign in December, but that will sign in February to that class. Um, I think if you had lost, it could have hurt that class, and people would decommit, but I don't know if guys that are already bought into whatever program they're committed to are necessarily flipping because Florida State had a 10-win season this year. But I do think it impacts the guys for 2024 that are – you know, not committed or, or loosely committed or whatever to see the, to see that winning. But if, if Florida state doesn't capitalize on it next year, I think that that is a problem because it's going to be very hard to win championships with the 20th ranked class.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I would give the, I'd, I'd be right in the same line. I I'd, I'd probably say a C the one thing I will point out, or maybe give Norvell a little, like in Florida State, just a little, you know, kind of putting some context behind it. They did take a smaller class this year. They had a lot of guys come back. And so yeah. their 18 commits were much less than the five teams ahead of them. And their average to me wasn't great. They were just below a 90 when you're looking at mm-hmm. average. That would have put them at like 15. If they took as right. many players as everybody in front of them. So I think right. taking less guys did play into that a little bit. That said 15th right. is still not good enough, right? Like 15th, right. you, you got to be better than 15th. So like if, yeah. if they have taken eight guys and their average put them up like in the top five, that'd be one thing. But they took right. eighteen, you know, it wasn't like way mm-hmm. off. So if they came out with the number 15 class, I think we'd look at that a little bit differently, but still yeah. not enough yeah. to where I'd give them anything better than a C. I do think that this class was kind of, you know, because of the early signing period and because of how many kids commit before their high school seasons even start. Mm-hmm. I think this class yeah. was pretty much cooked back in like August. Right. I really that's, think that what, the that's, I do think I, it, I, I do that. think that it helped you get a couple. Like, I think the fact that, you know, you won a couple of games and Hakeem Williams was at your first couple of games got you a five star there. And I, so I think that the wins did help you close on a couple of guys. But the guy that, you know, the teams you were competing against, the Georgias and and Alabamas and Ohio States, I mean, they all won 10 plus games, too. So, you know, you're not jumping ahead of any of them because, I mean, 10 games, that's cute. You know, we do that every year. So um, I think that I think the C is fair and it's got to it's got to be better next year. Right now, it's super early. Florida State has the number three class in the 24 class. Again, it is very, very early, but they do have a five star committed They've got another five-star that supposedly they're really, really close to getting to commit as well. So things are trending upward from there. It should be a bigger class. You got a lot of guys that came back this year and will be out of eligibility. We'll be moving on next year. So for I mean, it should be a top eight to yeah. 10 class. If they have a really special season, maybe you can flirt with that five, six number, but we'll see. That that's really tough yeah. to crack into. I think it'll be top 10-ish right now. Like if I had to bet on it, I'd say somewhere around
1: eight. Yeah. And I would I I do think it's important to say I think Florida State gets an A in the transfer portal recruiting. And I know we're doing that as two separate things but I think that you saw Florida State bring guys in who and the transfer portal I personally feel like I would grade differently than I would grade high school recruiting. Like high school recruiting, we we know what their stars are, we know what the rankings end up. That's kind of how we do with it. With the transfer portal, I think you need to take into account areas of need and how quickly they impact your team, not just what they were ranked when they were in high school, or we're going to say this is the overall second best tight end in the transfer portal or whatever. Florida state picked players in positions of need who immediately got on the field and impacted uh, their game, their game for the positive this season. And so I think that that um, that's using the transfer portal in the right way. That's, am making a meeting an impact so i would say they get an a if we're grading transfer uh, portal recruiting that being said i don't think it's possible or it's going to be a lot more difficult to win championships by grading out as an a in the transfer portal but grading out as a c with your high school kids like there has to be some sort of balance there and even if it's just getting your high school recruiting up to a b or a b plus if you're that savvy in the transfer portal that you can fill in gaps but to build a championship team, I really do think it's got to start with the high school kids.
0: Yeah. And I, I think so. I think that, you know, if, you know, the transfer portal as we know it right now has only existed for a couple of years. And so there hasn't, you know, been enough of this to see, but it's like, will we ever see that? Right. Florida state's got a lot Mm -hmm. of expectations and we'll talk about that in the, in the next one, but what do they do with those expectations? How close do they get? I mean, TCU was a team that didn't recruit really, really well, and they were able to make it too. And, Compete, yeah,
1: and I think that's kind of you know, an anomaly, though. Playoff, I, I,
0: yeah, but we'll see if teams can continue to do that or
1: not. Yeah.
0: Like if Florida State was to make the playoff next year, which I'm not predicting that yet, but if they were to make the playoff, I think that a lot of team, people would say, okay, well, that's two years in a row that now somebody has made the playoff with substandard you know, recruiting. Not terrible. Like TCU was in the 20s. They weren't in the 80s, right? Florida State's not right. been in the 80s or the 60s or anything. Like, you know, they're still top 20-ish. Well, you sure. know, what will we see the next couple of years? Do things kind of switch with that? Um, yeah, I go A-plus here. I think that, you know, I mean, so I'll even bump it up a, a tad and, and go, you know, right now they, they've been phenomenal in the portal. They picked up the best defensive lineman available in the portal, picked up the second best offensive lineman, the best tight end. They picked up the number one corner from the power five level. Um, they picked up another really good def- uh, defensive end in Gilbert Edmond that both LSU yeah. and Florida were really um, hard after. Uh, they picked up a couple of uh, starters from an SEC program and one from Colorado uh, and a couple more offensive linemen. So, yeah, I think they've been really, really good in the portal. Um, I I'll, So I'll even bump it up to, uh, to an A-plus there. But, you know, we're, we're splitting hairs at A and A-plus, I guess. I can't. Uh,
1: about us agreeing this much, I, I, and I do think like we should disagree on things, but I also think it's, it is like important to reiterate, this is all like sliding scale in my opinion too. Am I saying that Florida State gets an A if I'm looking at, you know, all coaching jobs or all, you know, across the board, not necessarily, but I think for what, what this season was, what we expected it to be, what the roster makeup looks like, where they are in their recruiting process, that's great to come from, at least for me.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So I don't know if you'll have these or not, or if I should just answer them, but biggest surprise for you, biggest disappointment?
1: My big I don't know if I'll necessarily have a biggest disappointment, but my just biggest surprise is season. Jordan Travis. I mean, I think, well, I, I mean, Jordan Travis last year we were like, huh, you know, great. I hope he stays Florida State's quarterback forever because he really wasn't. He wasn't – I think there were flashes maybe of what he was capable of, but I don't know that there would be, you know, this Heisman campaign that we're talking about potentially for next year um, of what we had seen in 2021. So I think that he – I mean, he, he had over 3,000 total yards. He made smart decisions. We watched him kind of up, I think, starting in that LSU game, truly, but over the course of the season. um Florida on a game-winning drive that, you know, uh, that they had to orchestrate. I, uh, you, know, you know, he was a surprise this season. Maybe Florida State, you know, really was had high hopes of this, but I don't know that anybody looking objectively at Florida State thought that he was going to have this type of season.
0: Yeah, I, thought Florida, I think Florida State fans hoped that – um, he would continue to take steps forward, but I don't even think they could have predicted that he No, I mean, yeah. would wind up the number one overall graded quarterback, according to pro football focus, right? Like nobody expected that. Right. So right. I think he is the easy answer there. If I had to go with another answer that just wasn't Jordan Travis, cause I figured, you know, you would say mm-hmm. that. So I tried to think of something else. I thought yeah. Florida state did a really good job of bouncing back this year. Um, yeah. I thought, yeah. That, I, I thought that just overall their, their team mindset and culture and, from really micro things to really, really macro things, like just the fact that they bounced back from a losing season last year and people were wondering, like, is Norvell going to be the guy? And the fact that they found a way in that LSU game and bounced back with that block point average touchdown, the way that they bounced back when their starting quarterback, their left tackle, and their and Jared Verse all went out in the Louisville game and they bounced back with a backup in, I thought was impressive. The way they bounced back after three straight losses and beat the rest of their schedule – uh, shoot, they were down in the Florida game and not a position I think they expected to be in. I think we all kind of expected Florida State to kind of control that game. I, you know, I don't know that, you know, neither of us predicted a blowout. Blow
1: Florida State I, maybe uh, expected that. I don't think that, I mean, I don't know. I know I'm that Florida didn't that. have the season Florida State had, but I think that they, uh,
0: yeah, I don't mean I don't right, mean there was going to be a, a blowout, but I didn't really expect that Florida State was going to be trailing in that game at any point, especially not that close to halftime and not at halftime. I thought they did a good job back and, you know bouncing back there, and then they were down two scores in the bowl game and bounced back. So I felt like that was a consistent theme all years. They did a yeah, really good I mean, job. There were the many
1: games. times last season, twenty twenty one season, where Florida State got down where it was for sure seemed insurmountable. It was like, Okay, well you can turn this off. We know they're not gonna score two touchdowns to come back and win. And I don't think you could say that about any Florida State this game this year, even when they lost, that that you really felt like, okay, this was over well before. The clock said it was over, uh but I have a question for you. So, best play of the season for Florida State? I There's two that stand out in my mind, but what would you say the, the single best play of the season?
0: Okay, so the most important was probably the the blocked point after touchdown. Just for for what it's worth, like because I think that that singular play won you a game. one I don't know if Florida wins uh, that game. Yeah. But best play in my mind, I mean, it's got to be one of those two Jordan Travis runs against Florida, like where he throws like five guys off of him on one, and then fakes out another guy yeah. and gets to the. I mean, and those one of two are the two one. most
1: important, right? The the blocked extra point against LSU, which yeah. does win that game, and then Jordan Travis being able to yeah. uh, come back at the you know at the end of that the game winning drive to. Yeah. I um, those were,
0: yeah, certainly those two were were massive.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, is that all? Um, I going
0: to do you have yeah, uh, um, a biggest disappointment? disappointment? Okay, I don't um, be tough for
1: you. No. You big, I don't. Yeah, tell me your biggest.
0: Um, probably just how bad the defense was in in big games. I thought the deep, you know, the defense really let you down against Wake Forest, really let you down against Clemson, really let you down against Florida and really let you down against Oklahoma. I don't think they were very good against uh Louisville either. So, uh, you know, I loved how the defense played um Against bad teams, it was great. You mm-hmm. know, ended games very, very early against bad teams, but against teams that offenses had a pulse, I, I just didn't like the way they played. So hopefully that yeah. can improve. Well, over next so year. So
1: I know I said I didn't really have one, but as I look over your schedule, it's got to be that fourteen point lead at NC State that they blow, right? Like if you're pointing to oh, one,
0: yeah, that's probably thing that's overall. Probably.
1: That's got to be. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. They just couldn't get any. Um, that was the one. That was the worst half of offense that I think we had. Just couldn't get anything going in the second half jt only had i think he only had four or five interceptions on the year and two of them came in that second half i mean just just not very good um that was the one where the punter well, in the, the end line, zone at the,
1: with less than a minute left um end it, yeah. yeah i think that that has to be the worst uh the worst game that florida state played this year and yeah. and i mean they, Default, that was,
0: North, that was they yeah defensively they played it pretty well i mean they held nc state yeah. down NC State points. scored. I mean,
1: that's yeah, yeah and, not and bad. a lot of
0: those came from NC State starting with the ball in our territory, um, just due to the offense being so bad in the first half, or in the second half. So, right. yeah, I mean, the offense was the offense in that game was was certainly a disappointment. So, um, all right, let's do UF real quick. I'll go through. Oh man, see, I said we we're going to do this for like twenty minutes, and here we are. At
1: like
0: I know, five. but when this, I know. When, so okay,
1: I. Oh, oh yeah. I
0: forgot.
1: I forgot.
0: Uh, ladies first, except for right now, uh, I'll go C minus here. I think that uh, Florida essentially, you know, not to the standard of, of what the fan base would expect. We've talked a lot about Vegas over-unders. I think Florida essentially achieved expectations Um or maybe slightly underachieved if their Vegas number was like six and a half. So I don't know. C minus feels about right. I think that Napier did some things that were certainly weird and strange with play calls at times. Um, times he chose to, to 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 go away from the run, which seemed like it was working. I mean, shoot, even in that Florida State game at the end of the year, I thought the run was working really, really well. And he came out in the second half and um, started throwing the ball a lot. And that kind of ended drives quickly and let Florida State get back in it. And so and build up a two score lead. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he was bad by any means. Certainly don't think he did a great job. So maybe just as slightly below average as you could get. And so like a C minus feels about right here.
1: Um, okay. So I, I mean, not to split hairs, I, I was going to go C. that's what I wrote down as a C. Um, and I'll tell you why, you know, uh, Napier debut in the SEC, Um, he's coming from a a, a much smaller program. So he is definitely, although he's coached in the SEC, he hasn't been a head coach in the SEC. I think there's a learning curve that comes along with that. And patience is not something that you will find uh, available very often within the SEC. I think that that week one victory against Utah was something that not many people saw coming. I think that it was a shot in the arm that the fan base needed, the program. Needed. And I think that it also kind of then maybe set expectations a little bit higher um, than, than maybe had they there would have been going into that game. Um, I think the reality of a roster and really a program uh, that are kind of in rebuild mode is where we, you know, settled in kind of the rest of the season. Um, the Gators lost by 10 points or less to Tennessee, LSU, and Florida State. All of those opponents. Um, I don't think that there's really any shame in those those three losses. However, thirty-one to twenty-four loss to Vanderbilt that was one of the wildest outcomes, probably honestly, of the season of, of any team, not just Florida, but that like how you lose that game and then come out and beat the pants off South Carolina, who then goes on to beat Tennessee, beat Clemson. I just it it um, is baffling to me. I think that Vanderbilt game. Falls squarely on the on the shoulders of coaching and play calling. Like there's that is there's zero excuse for losing that football game. I think that there's very little excuse for losing the Kentucky game. Um, there's just a couple that Florida fans would like back, right? Like and like I said, there is no shame in a first year program losing to a top ten Tennessee, you know, uh, or LSU, or even a you know a Florida State who was up and coming at that at that point. I I just Explainable losses that knock this coaching grade down for me. And there really was some play calling really sprinkled throughout the season that I think left players, I mean, excuse me, left fans scratching their heads. Like I just, you know, I have vented to you about, I don't understand why are we doing this? What is this makes zero sense? I'm hoping that there will be some changes about play calling this year. And I don't, I mean, we haven't made any hires, so I'm assuming it's still going to be Napier in control, but I'm hoping that he's learned from some of his mistakes this season. Cause it was hard to watch. Um, Florida had an exceptional uh, running back duo that I think was a really big bright spot and I think that you know and ATN being there is because Napier was there. So, you know, that's that that was a huge thing but I don't they got to do better, right? Like this was this was an average coaching job. You didn't necessarily have players that you that fit your system, but you got players that were good enough for, you know, a top 12-ish class overall throughout the course of of mullen's uh tenure so it's not like you were left with a bare cabinet um gotta do better next year
0: yeah uh offense so i don't know this is a tough one too you know kind of like florida state's defense that was when they were really good they were really good but when they were really bad they were really bad Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that makes things tough to grade and it is going to be why i just end up giving them uh a c plus uh i think they were slightly above average i think they did some things really really well anthony richardson outside of the utah game where he made a couple of special plays and then like you know eastern washington or whoever some of those bad teams were like never really looked comfortable even against teams like usf like he just never seemed to get like in a full game rhythm he'd show moments at times but i mean he you know he was just very underwhelming, I think. And, you know, I think UF's offense did some things really, really well, but other things not so well. And so I don't know, C plus B minus, I think you could maybe go with here, but I don't know. I, I think it's just slightly above average because when they were, when they were good, they looked really good, but then there would just be times where, you know, like you mentioned that Kentucky game or for the first, you know, 48 minutes of the Tennessee game or you know, just a lot of games where you're just like, man, what is going on here with this offense? Um so yeah, I don't know. C plus for me again, it's hard to to me it's hard to grade um when it's either really, really bad or really good. Well it ends up being yeah. about
1: average or so. Well so. so so I have Florida's uh offense as a B. Um I think that they Florida's offensive line was really good this year. This was an area where they really, really needed to improve from 2021 to the 2022 season. They did that. Um, I think that they have um, an incredible running back duo duo with Etienne and Johnson. Um, Super impressive, productive, pretty much every time they touch the ball. Would have loved to see them have even more carries. Um, I I don't know what was going on with the Richards pull. season. I don't know that he knows what's going on. I don't know whose call it was, but I think that that impacted the rushing yards of, of Johnson and Etienne. I think that they could have had even more. Um, Richardson, when he's good, he's one of the very best in the nation. When he's bad, he's one of the worst in the nation. He is such a hard, he has such a high ceiling, but such a low floor that I feel like it makes it very hard for him to grade because, or for me to grade because on there's on there's honestly nobody in college football that can touch him, but he looks like he should have been a four-string walk-on at times as well. So difficult, but for the most part, they scored points when they needed to. Game, I I think that they won more games than they lost for sure. Um, the defense definitely cost Florida a lot more games than the offense cost cost Florida games. I think you know the the Kentucky game, you can probably point to the offense. Maybe the Vanderbilt game, but honestly, there were so many defensive mistakes in that game that I don't know that you really even can put that on the offense. So even though uh, Richardson was super hot and cold, I don't know that I think that the offense cost Florida many games, but they certainly won Florida, a number of them.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so maybe I maybe I would slide up to a B- minus there, but again, you know, C-plus, B-minus, I think you're splitting hairs. If you're looking at it like yeah. that, I think that, you yeah. know. The offense did put up a, a lot of points. And so, you know, maybe this yeah. Yeah, maybe is a little more fair. Um, defense was terrible. I'll I'll, I'll go Awful. D, D plus here at, at the best. Maybe just a straight D. Um, I gave with a
1: D, if that makes you feel yeah, better. They,
0: they just were not good. Um, I mean, they gave up tw- – I mean, I think this should have been an early sign for us. And maybe if not for a, a bad snap, we would have really gotten this wake-up call. But I think mean, they gave up 28 points to USF, who they were – Four touchdown mm-hmm. favorites over, um, mm-hmm. you know, forty-five to LSU in the swamp. Um, I mean, LSU scored more than Georgia did. You know, we also mm-hmm. saw what Georgia did down the stretch. Um, and you know, Florida State had a had a good off, offense, but forty-five to Florida State. You know, this was, you know, seven of them came off of the punt. But even just giving up twenty-four to Vandy is is not good, right? I gave up thirty-one, but. Seven of them came off of a, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, and seven more came off of a pick six. Move. No, that was Kentucky, right? So, but yeah, I, I think that yeah, the defense just sucked. Defense just wasn't good. Uh, you know, for all intents purposes, if the defense had any breath at all, like any kind of hope, like they'd have beaten Florida State in Dope this year and kind of ruined their you know yeah feel good season. So yeah, the know, defense just wasn't good
1: here. A few people on Florida's defense could tackle at all. Miller is probably one of the lone uh bright spots of of Florida's defense. He had a good season when he was on the field and he was healthy Florida's defense was better. Um but the secondary was atrocious. The secondary wasn't awful at interceptions, but that was about the only thing that they weren't awful at. They couldn't catch. They they were, you know, 15 yards off uh uh, defensive line had a very hard time getting pressure. Florida had very few sacks this season. Uh, they just, there's really not a whole lot about the offense. Linebackers weren't good. Um, truly, Miller, that's about it. That's about the bright spot you can point to on Florida's defense. I don't even, I want to criticize the defensive scheme, but I don't even know if that's possible because I feel like Florida's players were so out of position and and so poor at tackling so many times that it's really hard to know how that scheme really would have played out because these players were just not good this year. I guess you could make an argument that you look at the talent that you have and you make your scheme fit it. Um, so I mean, maybe that speaks to coaching. I don't really know, but I just we had there were so many older guys that you expected to take a, a step forward that didn't. Um, I and this was just bad. I mean. Just bad.
0: Um. Okay. So, special teams. Um, field goals were average. Fourteen, not average. They were bad. Fourteen of twenty-one. Um, just yeah. overall, punting was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Kick returns and punt returns were just okay. Um, I don't know. I I think that. You know, I, I think there was a, I think Florida had a blocked field goal. Was it returned for a touchdown against Kentucky? Um, Obviously the the punt miscue against Vandy that ended up being the difference in a game that Florida obviously should not have lost. Um I don't think this special team was very good either. I think punting was one of the lone bright spots. Mm-hmm. Um So I, yeah, this is like a D plus C minus for me. I, I you know, especially, and so this might be, I don't know, I, I saw, and so I'm not, I didn't come up with this logic, but if you like hype your special teams as like the game changers. And that's literally what you like name your special teams, like coordinators and stuff is like the game changer managers. Like you've got to be better on special teams. Than yeah. what it was there. And they, it's, um, it's in, and I saw Florida fans making that joke. So that's not just like a cheap shot from TJ. Like I just think when you do that, you need to be really good at it and not mm-hmm. give people an, an easy way to like take shots at you. So yeah, I don't right. know. I, I didn't think special teams were very good this year for
1: Florida. Um, I don't think there was any improvement of special teams from Dan Mullen to Napier, and that is something that's concerning because it's something – so Florida for a long time was known for really good special teams. They had really good special teams under Urban Meyer. They had really good special teams under uh, Will Muschamp. They had special teams under McElwain. Um, I, I think uh, – kind of a steady decline since then. Punting was really good. That was a bright spot. But your amount of effort you put in during the week at practice on special teams shows on Saturdays, right? When Urban Meyer coached at Florida, uh, your specialist ate first. Your Your special teams periods were always done first. He spent more time on special teams than probably yeah. any head coach in any other – uh, college football program in the country because he believed that special teams could win and could lose you football games. And I think that that is especially true in today's college football world. Uh, there's there's really no excuse in a state covered in talent to have a field goal kicker be as poor as Florida had this year. Um, like I said, punting was good. But Returns were terrible. I held my breath every single time uh, because you had no idea if it was going to be fumbled, if it was going to be let go when it shouldn't have been. There just was miscues kind of um, very uninspired at times. Right. And like like you say, game changers, there really isn't uh, a moment off the top of my head that I can point to where you say, man, special teams flipped that game. Um, and that's what you want with special teams. You want to be able to say, like, Beamer is somebody that did it really well, right, at, at Virginia Tech. Like, special teams changes things. And there's just not something you can say at Florida. I don't know that I think you can say special teams cost Florida much, but it certainly wasn't a net positive in any games either. So, see.
0: Um, recruiting. Um, so Florida's class finished at number 13 according to the 247 composite rankings. A little bit higher on on three.
1: Um, It's not not finished yet, though. So, I mean, that's... Say what? uh, I said it's not finished yet, either.
0: I think it is tomorrow, right? right?
1: It's tomorrow, finding day.
0: You guys pilling somebody tomorrow?
1: February 4th, maybe. Oh, 4th? I thought it was was the 4th. Oh, next
0: week. Next week, yeah, next Wednesday. Um, And I lied, it's actually 12th. Um,
1: okay. So I'd give this a, somebody's announcing on the fourth though. That's why that came to mind.
0: Um, I don't know. This is a tough one. I'd probably say, uh, a C plus, maybe a B minus. I don't know. I I think that, you know, I certainly don't think that Napier. So on three does have Florida at 11,
1: by the way. So just you've, you've pointed to
0: and it's actually two four, seven, three.
1: but 11. Well, I'm yeah. looking, I'm literally on, on three right now. And it well, says it's, on, 11.
0: it's both on two, four, seven. Sorry. is what I'm looking at. So one on higher, Two four
1: seven 11 on, uh, on three. Yeah.
0: yeah I think that's, I think there's a bunch of different ways you can look at this. I think relative to Florida's record. And and we kind of talked about this when he was up at like six or seventh, and we were saying like, Oh, look, he is, and you know we kind of had the conversation. Okay, well, if they finish six and six this year, can he keep it that high? And I just didn't believe that he or any coach could. Right? I, I think that your results on the field do start to matter. I do think that it becomes tough because. Um, how do you factor in the whole Jaden Rashada thing? How do you factor in all that stuff? Right. But I mean, truly I Rashada's the only loss
1: to... and that didn't have anything to do with how the season shook out one way or the other. So sure. they no, they finished with the top 10 class. If he gets done there, they're really, I don't think at the end of the day, at the end of the
0: day, he, the the day, he didn't and though that may not be billy's fault that still goes against his class like that's still like sure. he's the one that has the answer you said
1: you didn't see how they could te- keep a top 10 class with that them not having a top 10 class if, if oh, that's how then. things end up final have nothing to do with, with, with that
0: though. well i mean yeah i mean maybe but i mean we you know still i still yeah, was yeah, right it had
1: nothing to do well, with well, how they, well, they, they finished. it my
0: fault um but all of that said even just recruiting a number 10 overall class. I don't necessarily know if that's what Florians were wanting or expecting when they got rid of Dan Mullen to bring in an elite ace Who I think that they hyped what they were getting at that moment. Especially in a bump class where you just have to be really good and you have to recruit really well there. So I don't know, C plus, B minus, somewhere in there. I think that Florida definitely could have done better here. They didn't. At the end of the day, I mean, your you know your class is what it is. Kind of got a little bit unlucky with the um, with the Rashada stuff. But at the end of the day, like I said, he's the one that has to answer for what happens to his program. Nobody's firing. Yeah, but so I don't know. I, I think I think it was above average. Uh, but I don't think it was, I mean, it certainly doesn't get up into like the B plus A anywhere in that range. I, I think that you know, you, you look at an 11th, 12th range class at the end of the day and you say, like, well, that's pretty much what Mullen was pulling in every year. And so where would you have graded Mullen's classes two years ago? Well, probably about a B, right? So I don't know. I think B might B might be fair, maybe B minus B somewhere in that range, but you know, above average, but not great by any means.
1: So I actually have it at a B plus. Um- I think keeping this class together with the season that they had um, and uh, I do take the Rashada situation into account because this, this class would have finished like seventh or eighth with Rashada in it. And it's one player. So the fact that one player swings you that many, many places, and we know that we didn't lose them having anything to do with this season. I understand that still counts against Napier because he's not in this class, but the fact that we'd be saying, Oh, if he finished with the seventh or an eighth ranked class, um, but we're really only talking about one player. I think B plus is fair. Um, I mean, he's doing better than uh, Florida state up North with a much worse record in his second year. So I feel like it's trending in the right direction. Florida is also looking really good for the uh, 2024 class as well. Uh, they, they are off to a, a really good, obviously very early uh there, So, I mean, I think recruiting is turning is trending in the right way. And um, and then when we talk about transfers, which you will do as well, I think he's also done pretty well there, especially relative to those players getting on the field and having immediate impact for Florida. But we'll get what your grade is first for, for the transfer recruiting.
0: Yeah, I think – and going back to just high school recruiting, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can evaluate that and you can look at that. And I guess it does depend on what lens you're looking at it through. At the end of the day, if you're taking that hard line look of, you know, okay, well, how was recruiting overall? I I think it's closer to your C plus B minus. I think when you're looking at it, you know, and you factor in, okay, well, how? But you gave Norvell
1: a C with a what? The seventeenth class or twentieth class? Like, how do you give Norvell a C with twenty and Napier a C with eleven or twelve?
0: I gave I gave, I, I bumped up to a B minus. I said C plus B minus. I mean.
1: That's, well, I think that's, a, that's two, we're talking about eight, nine eight spot. spots. Eight or nine spots is the difference between half a letter of grade. That doesn't that, that I mean if you look at how many kind of crazy.
0: I mean, there's 130 teams, right? So you're talking about what, you know, what's the variance there? Six teams between that, you're talking about half a percent. But if
1: you know that if you make it into the top ten, you are much more likely to make it to new York near six bowls consistently and playoffs consistently sitting at 11 or 12 makes you a hell of a lot so than sitting at 20th does. For if one you're class.
0: You're talking about
1: somebody's third I mean, they, they're year You're like,
0: You're talking about one class as opposed to like – do. I think if you did it for four years, it would. But, I mean, you're just talking about one class is different, right? But
1: he's a, also a year ahead of where Napier is too and still sitting with the 20th class. I mean, and that's – if that's average, then I just don't see how – 12 or 11 is B minus with a year or less time to recruit there.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's where my point is, right? If you're looking at recruiting in general on the whole for where we expected Napier to be this year, it wasn't 11th or 12th. So I think, and that's my point is, if you're looking at it through that lens, I mean, it's, I mean, it's actually B-.
1: exactly where you suggested if, earlier in the season, which means you should. Oh, no, no, a I'm talking about Gator fans, sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about where Gator fans expected him to be by the end of the year was not 11th or 12th, right? But if you look at it through the lens that you're looking at it through, the so record, the Jaden Rashada fumbling, like, you know, how whatever went down there, mm-hmm. all of that, then I think that's where you can bump them up a little bit. Yeah. I think it's, it's looking at it. Like, if I've told yeah. you at the beginning of the year, without you knowing all that other stuff, because you didn't think Florida was going six and six, but if I had just told you on its face at the beginning of the year, Florida is going to finish with the eleventh or twelfth ranked class this year, basically what Mullen was doing every single year, you'd have said, "Well, that's right. average because that's what we do right. anyway. That's what we do with a bad recruiter." That's so that right. to me, like that's just average. It's not bad. it's Just that's yeah. you know. So all right, transfer portal. Yeah, I'll give Mullen a B plus here. I'm Mullen. I'll Napier. give Napier a yeah. I'll give Napier a B plus here. I think this is really good. Um, I don't think that they've addressed as many positions of need as they need to. They've certainly taken a lot. Um, I mean, they'd the have to take lines. 30
1: guys for, <laughs>
0: right. so they've got a lot of places to fill, but uh, they've taken some guys on the offensive line, which I think is good. Um, I think that they, you know, the, the guys they've taken on the offensive line, um, you know, I think what is tough for them is how those guys mesh together and how quickly mm-hmm. they can start to mesh together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be really, really important for Florida, um, more so than I think any other position group. Um, you hear offensive linemen talking about how they really are – they're not five individual players, right? Like wide receivers all run routes, right? You run this route, you right. run that route. There's not a lot of overlap. With offensive linemen, right. it is one cadence, and it is one unit, right. and it is getting that together. So if Florida has four new starters on the offensive line this year, how quickly can right. that unit start to work together and how quickly they sure. can move? I think offensive linemen in the portal – Are the biggest boomer bust with a wide receiver? If a guy's got good speed and good hands, like you know, he, I I think they're less boomer bust, right? Like you knew, Wilson. Some of these guys were going to be good when they got there because they're out on an island, right? Like they're playing on their own. And so, I think that that is a question mark for Florida, but it could be, it could turn into another strength for them this year. It could also turn into something that struggles and is weak. So, I I don't. There, I think Florida's done a, a good job of, you know, you've got to just fire off at the hip and you've got to get as many of these guys as you mm-hmm. can. I really yeah. like the pickup um, of the kid from Baylor, Micah Mizcua. Um, I'm not as high on the Kentucky kid. Um, I think there's a reason that he was in the portal for two months and um, didn't, you know, nobody picked him up. And, you know, I don't know if he ever ends up making an impact, but I do think some of the other guys that Florida got on the offensive line will make an impact and, and will be good. Um, so yeah, I think they've done a good job. I also really like, um, Cameron Jackson, who's a defensive lineman for Florida. I think some of the linebackers are kind of unproven and they'll need to elevate their game. Um, yeah. but the linebacker room wasn't very good last year anyway. So don't I don't really, think that, I think that those guys will be like a super net positive, like, Oh wow, we've got an incredible linebacker room, but I don't think the floor lowers at all. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I think it's been good, but you know, not amazing by any means. I could be plus, though. I think that's pretty fair. And we may turn around next year at the end of the year and say like, "Wow, Napier hit on ninety percent of his guys. Yeah. That was an A class." But until you find out, I mean, I think it's above average. But you know, I don't think it's elite yet.
1: Uh, so I'm going to give him an A, and I can co I can fi- see an argument for an A or an A minus. I'll tell you, um, he took he brought Osiris Torrance and he brought Montel uh, Montrell Johnson with him from uh, Louisiana. Those were two of the most impactful players for Florida this last season. Uh, Torrance became an uh, All-American offensive line. So that was a huge – and granted, obviously, the relationship existed and he brought him over from the transfer, but that was huge. They had immediate impact uh, for Florida. Florida loses – Games if those two are not on the roster this year. So, uh, you know, I think that's huge. Looking at the offensive linemen players that they brought in, uh, and then also taking Torrance into account as well, uh, they have a body type, right? Like these guys are 6'8, 340, 6'6, 335, uh, 6'6, and a half, 348. Like they're transforming Florida's offensive line into a massive unit. Florida did not have nearly as many players this size two years ago so he has a body type whether or not that works out we will see but they have a position you know a player that they're looking for uh and they went after it uh linebacker they did get multiple again unproven so we'll see but that's a huge area of need um d line they took two d linemen too that uh, you know another area that florida really uh, needs the only thing that i wish i would have seen a little bit more of i'm not uh sold on graham mertz we'll see if that plays out but i wish given the way quarterback situation played out. I wish they had taken either a, a better quarterback or b more than one quarterback here uh, because that room is pretty empty. The other thing I wish they would have done was get a little bit more help in the secondary. I think that's a position that's really hard to be really good at as a as a really young guy. so if yeah. your secondary is terrible, you've got to help help from the portal I think if you want to change it around immediately because these young guys will take some coaching before they're ready for SEC caliber offenses that they'll be facing so those are the two areas the secondary and the quarterbacks room that I wish there had been a little bit more movement on and maybe we'll see one or two guys come there's a couple you know weeks left or whatever but uh overall I feel like he did a really good job getting positions of need this recruiting cycle. He did a phenomenal job getting positions of need to fill before the, you know the season that just happened the 2022 season. That so, uh, you know, I'm
0: comfortable. That's last year. That's cheating. Well,
1: you said you said overall No,
0: that's last year. So. No, that's last. Year. That was the 22 class. All right. So, the other thing I didn't um I don't think Florida's done. I mean, they lost 23 guys to the transfer portal. And they've only taken 10 so far. And so that's another thing to kind of factor in. Yeah, I forgot about Graham Mertz. I might drop it down to a C with Graham Mertz. I think that they really needed to get a better quarterback uh, than they got. I'm okay with you going with like an A minus or an A, like if you count those last guys, but I'm not okay with you going with an A if you're taking like Torrance and Johnson out. Those don't count uh, Mm -hmm. for last cycle. Cause then I'm adding in Jared verse and I'm giving an a plus <laughs> plus
1: like, because he was plus, okay.
0: Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Like, um, all right. We'll get out of here after these two, uh, best yeah. surprise for UF this year. Um, uh,
1: oh, so-
0: no, no, no. It's me. First, sorry. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to steal that one from you. Yeah. I would say it is, it, it was those two transfers. I mean, you know, sorry <laughs> to steal that, but, uh, and maybe ETN as well. Um, it,
1: yeah, I had those know? three written down for sure.
0: Yeah. So the offensive line was a lot better than I think a lot of people thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and, and the running back's room was, was really good too. So um, Really,
1: really, really good. I, yeah, ETN, Johnson, and Torrance were the biggest yeah. surprises and, you know, yeah. biggest disappointment.
0: Yeah, Anthony Richardson. This one's the- um, I yeah. think that, you know, I and I actually think he's a really good kid. Like, this is not to disparage him at all, but, like, no. I just think that um, – he just did, you know, tons of potential and he'll still get drafted high. And so like, that's great. Like he'll get paid. And, and that's awesome. Like that's all that really matters. But like, he just, he just wasn't, he just wasn't what he was built out to be. He just wasn't what he was hyped to be. He just wasn't like that guy. Like I think people yeah. thought he could be, I think after the at, you know, before the Utah game, there, there was a lot of talk that he could be in New York for the Heisman. And certainly after the Utah game, a lot of people thought that that was a possibility and, and maybe realistic and um man, he just was so up and down, you know, after that. And yeah. so I think that if, even if he just would have been like 80% good the whole year, I mean, Florida probably wins eight or nine games, you know? And so,
1: yeah.
0: um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you could be disappointed with the defense, but you probably just got what you expected there and you, right. know, you could be disappointed with coaching. But again, I think, you know, Napier was just average to maybe slightly. below. So yeah, I mean, it's gotta be AR.
1: Yeah. I think it's AR too. Um, so he is such an enigma, right? He has such a high ceiling, which is why we're going to probably in the first round. I just also don't know that I can remember a quarterback with a floor so low either. I honestly think that a lot of this is mental. I think um, – I don't know that I think he has – and I don't mean like intelligence. I, I, It's
0: like confidence.
1: He has what it no. takes to be – a big time quarterback on a big time stage he kind of seems to crumble a little bit. He even really pointed to it himself a few different times uh, over the course of the season where he said things like I just got to get out of my own head or you know I I got to talk myself through this or whatever like he seemed like he knew that his mental game was kind of what was getting in in his own way. Um, I think he's gonna get some GM or head coach fired, like for sure in the NFL, but I hope that that's not the case. I do really um, dislike the argument that I've seen on Twitter this week that like that NFL coaches wanna see him with, with some real coaching. Cause I think as soon as he's coached up, that he'll I will be, be able to be argument. successful. That <laughs> argument drives me insane because first of all, Dan Mullins probably the best college quarterbacks coach in the game or one of the top five. Anyway, he, he coached him. I'm pretty sure Johnson coached him as well, who is also, uh, you know, known as a quarterback's guru Napier had, and his team of guys had their hands on him this year. And he has his own private quarterbacks coach as well. So I just, I I, I don't love the art. Like he didn't get the coaching that he needed because I actually think he was exposed to some of the best offensive minds in the game in college. So will we see something different in the NFL? I hope so. I hope for his sake. He seems like a great kid and I want to see him succeed, but I just don't think you can blame him not being more consistent this year on good coaching. I do wonder the scheme that they used him in and why they made the decisions that they made. We're not privy to whether it was his call to run, whether it was Napier's call, whether he was protecting himself, whether they were protecting him. And that does factor into me uh, how this season played out, and I don't know that answer, so I can't. Uh, that's like an unknown at this point. But I, I, there were some baffling uses of him this year. Um, Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was. It was. I almost wonder, right? like, if when he you have your ceiling so high.
0: Yeah, I wonder what he would have looked like under Mullen this year. And is this maybe vindication no, for that- Mullen that? that um, he wasn't doing the wrong thing by not starting him last year?
1: (laughs) I mean, I think so. I don't think that any Gator fan or most Gator fans are going to admit that at all. But, you know, one of the things that I heard for two years behind closed doors was that he wasn't mentally prepared or ready to lead this team. And I, I, I know at least in the past, he had trouble learning the playbook. I don't know that that was the case this year, but I do know that that was the case in previous seasons. I had a coach that, that previously worked for Florida is no longer on the staff. Tell me like there's zero chance he's getting as good quarterback coaching this year as he got last, last season. Like I won't be surprised if he takes a step backwards. I don't think that he necessarily took a step backwards. We only got to see him in limited action in the 2021 season. But I don't think he took the lead that Gator fans thought that he was going to. And I don't think that he had the season that Gator fans thought that they really did think like, oh, well, now that Mullen's gone, you know, the reins will be off and he's just going to win a Heisman and 10 wins and take us to a New Year's Six. And that's just not the way that it played out. His athleticism won Florida games this year. Like, for sure, it did. But he also cost Florida games this year. Um, And had he just, as you said earlier, had he just played consistently. He honestly didn't have to be great. He had such a good offensive line and two really good running backs that if he just consistently put together drives that his running back scored touchdowns on, handed the ball off consistently, pulled or kept it the way that he was supposed to, Florida would have won more ball games than they did. Um I am like like I said earlier, I'm so confused about whose call it was, whether Richardson ran or uh, or passed off the ball uh, so many times this season. But it seemed like he was making the wrong read. I, I don't know. Maybe he was being told not to run. But even if he runs five more times a game, each game, Florida wins more, more ball games. So it, it, like I said, so we don't really know if that's on play calling or that's on him or what. But I don't feel like he was used correctly this season, regardless of whose call it was and it was disappointing all the way around my other disappointing would go to Florida secondary. I just, you know, everybody blamed Todd Grantham. We talked about third and Grantham, you know, for the two years previous for his defense seemed to decline uh, third and under 20. Mullen and, and Florida's defense really, truly was a hallmark of stability for this team through all of the coaching changes. Um, even prior to Urban Meyer being there, like Ron Zook always had a great defense. It's, it, has been a staple of Florida football for two decades is a strong defense. And the last couple of seasons, it just has been terrible. But because we didn't see any improvement this year on defense, was it coaching? Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. Um, But the secondary, out of a unit that was really disappointing on the whole, the secondary was the most disappointing part of the defense.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that's all our grades. This took way longer than I thought, but I think it was a good conversation. And we'll do a part two of this sometime. I don't know mm-hmm. when it'll come to you guys, but if you watch this, if you listened, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the thumbs up, the like, all those things. We certainly appreciate it. We'll come out with part two and we'll talk about some expectations for next year. I'm going to get these on record so that Ali can't sidestep them um, when we do this again next year when this uh, recalibration mm-hmm. happens. So, anything else before we go?
1: No, I think that's about it.
0: All right. We appreciate Brunt Insurance and the team over there. Nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. if you're in the market for any kind of insurance. We will talk to you guys soon. Go Noles. Go Gators. Oh, I thought you were going to forget it for a minute.